Not ready? Too bad. Head back, face forward, and hold on like you mean it! Hello and welcome to Review Time's Theme Parkcast. This is a weekly show where we discuss all the ins and outs of attractions and parks from around the world. My name is Luke and this week is our first ever episode in a brand new series where unoriginally calling Disney vs. Universal, where we take a Disney as well as a Universal resort that are somewhat close to each other and pit them head to head. This week we're starting at the most logical place, the beginning, and facing off the Disneyland Resort and Universal Studios Hollywood, both the first parks for each brand and both in California. Only around a 40 minute to 40 hour drive, depending on LA traffic. But please welcome the man who thinks the real Disney vs. Universal would be Wreck-It Ralph vs. Shrek in a battle of the meet and greet costumes that are too hard to hug. It's my review time co-host, Dominic Lacey. Do you reckon with the Wreck-It Ralph costume, like, you've seen it. He pretty much looks like hmm. if, you, if you're pretending to be like a big buff man when you like stick out <laughs> your arms in like an L shape. your armpits. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm yeah. going to come beat you up. Like, do you reckon they're specifically told, do not turn around too quickly. You will knock out mm. a child. Like, if they well, turn, like- their arms are going to pivot like a helicopter. They'll take off. <laughs> There's so many costumes like that. They're like, how do you wear that? The Maui costume is the same. That weird, like, inflatable Maui. The, the old Beast costume, they have, like, a slightly newer version now. But, like, the original Beast costume used to be so big that he was in Flight's uh, Festival of Fantasy, mm. the parade I used to work all the time. There was a seat backstage called the Beast Seat, which was specifically <laughs> just for the performer because that costume was so heavy. I was watching a video on YouTube from an ex-cast member who was friends with Mickey and a couple of other characters, and she was saying, like, for most of the people who played the characters or... Sorry, who were friends with the characters, mm. oh, they whoop. would... Oh, sorry. I don't want to get sued by Disney. <laughs> Even though that's probably the the least troublesome thing of theirs that we've talked about on this podcast. But mm. anyway, um, basically what she was saying is that people would rank how much they liked a character based off how comfortable the costume was. So mm. she was like, yeah, Mickey and Minnie, they were great. I love seeing those characters in the park. But Mike Wazowski... <laughs> like if you've ever seen that character it's pretty much like a big plastic sphere with little like stick arms mm. and she said that was just do the worst thing like, the to arms play. can't do anything you fall <laughs> over that's it they like pretty it, much it just feel claustrophobic i feel like not being able to properly stretch your arms oh would it just thinking about it makes me feel uncomfortable. A hundred percent. But this is one of those interesting topics where uh, I was looking at this earlier when you proposed the idea of Disney versus Universal. And I will say, I'm going to start with this. This would be a much different conversation if we were doing this, say, like just even half a decade ago. The amount that mm. these resorts have both changed like yeah. it was it was very one-sided about 5 <laughs> years ago and you know universal has slowly crawled their way back up but yeah. we'll sort of explain why I, as we get into it yeah i think D- disney still got the the first seed shall we say as they <laughs> in sports 
Uh, they're the number one seed, but who knows? Maybe Universal could take them out. But a little bit of housekeeping before we start. Uh, last week, we asked for your feedback. Thanks to everyone who sent it in. I have compiled your feedback into a list. Those episodes will be coming up. And if we do your episode, we'll give you a little shout out in the show. Oh, so, a cheeky little shout send out. Send us more I got ideas my, if you... My first yeah? email as well, which was yeah, exciting. We got emails. Uh, I got a few on Twitter. Yeah, there was a couple of emails as well. I put them all in the doc that we have. We generally have upcoming ideas coming up. So you get a shout out if your idea comes. Thanks to everyone who got in contact with us. Thanks to the guy who says we loosely talk about theme parks. He got in contact with <laughs> us again on Twitter. Uh, thanks to all of that. Second bit of housekeeping. This episode has a sponsor, Dom. Oh, our first review time yeah. theme park car sponsor. But it's just... Our brand new store. It's us. So it's kind of us, <laughs> but it's our brand new store, Amusement Trading Co., which we've kind of, we've, we've collaborated with an Australian artist to create not just review time merch, but all like nice, artistic, it's stuff you can wear to a park that isn't tacky. That was kind of our yeah. main goal. One of my big things was I was looking at our store and I'm like, well, if someone's not a review time fan, then... They don't really have anything that they could just wear that was like theme parky. Yeah. So as we're like surprisingly coincidental, the same artist that we've collaborated was the original editor of the podcast when we mm. just did not have time to edit the podcast. <laughs> um, so he's- the podcast used to be edited by a Luke. It still is edited by a Luke, but now me instead of him. A, a different Luke. So Luke <laughs> uh, Sciacciatano or. Shakatano. It's a, it's a complicated last name. <laughs> if you he's see it's the, spelled, you'll know why he's struggling. He's the artist and designer that we're collaborating with, and he is incredible. So I highly recommend checking out the store because just the stuff he does is ah, mwah, chef kiss. Yeah, we, the heaps of stuff is up at the moment. I've heard in the next you know few weeks we've got a a brand new line launching, and if you know where to look, I've heard there's even some special secret source of <laughs> products designed by yours truly. So if you, who knows? Maybe you'll find it. Maybe you won't. It's basically but the stuff that I was looking at and I went, this does not fit with the rest of it. It's like everything's beautifully designed, you know, just it's been sweated over blood, sweat and tears for like hours. And then you've got Luke scribbles where he's like, yeah, this will do. So we, we have a uh, you, secret you can see menu. Why I'm not the creative director of the company here at Review Time. But if you would like to check it out, please do. It is called Amusement Trading Co. It's very easy to remember. The website is amusementtrading.co. But you can also get to it from amusementtradingco.com.au. Cool. That's all the housekeeping we have to do, which means we're diving into the episode. First, though, let's get the rules out of the way. Neither of us are on one specific side. I'm not going to be yeah. fighting for Disney. You're not going to be fighting for Universal. We're just going to have a no. chat. We're going to have a nice, fair discussion. There's five categories. Best three out of five wins this week. Later on, we'll also do an Orlando episode. We'll do a Japan episode. That's it. Maybe one day we'll be able to <laughs> we'll do, do a, a China episode, episode with Beijing versus Shanghai. And Disney. it'll be very one-sided. <laughs> <laughs> Universal versus itself. Uh, so the categories we're going to go through are family rides, thrill rides, experiences, entertainment, and the resort area in general, which if you remember, yeah, these are kind of four of these used to be our categories when we were able to review theme parks. Can, can I just quickly get something out of my, out of my system because it's been Ooh. so long? 
Family rides. Nine out of ten. <laughs> oh, oh, it brings there was back. A comment the other day that was like the way this guy says thrill rides gives me pr- gives me power or something like <laughs> thrill rides. Nine out of ten. Uh, so another last little bit of a rule. Obviously, things are very different now, but yes. we're kind of judging these parks based off the last time we went. And then there's a few newer things that we've only experienced through POVs. So mm. I last went to this park uh, 2019. So the big new thing is Secret Life of Pets off the leash, as well as the finale additions to uh, Jurassic World. What, what When's the last time you went to this park? Oh, mine's a long time. Um, mine's over a decade now uh, since oh. I've been to Universal Studios. So my experience of this park is very different to the point where like it, things such as like Transformers and that just didn't exist when I oh, went there. It was, it was the, was the creature the special factory. Effects stages? Or, yeah, 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 the I special loved effects. The special effects stages. It was great. Was backdraft still there? I believe backdraft had oh. just gone. Like oh, it's not say, that long ago. Backdraft. Which oh. is backdraft, <laughs> which you can still experience that at Universal Japan. Studios Osaka. Yeah. Which is great. I wish you could just do like the final room though, because the build up's oh, yeah. very slow. But the final room is really cool. It's got some mad pacing problems, but it's still, yeah. like, it's worth hey, it for that final room. watch your video room. for 15 minutes. Okay, <laughs> next how- room. Watch a different video for six minutes. Okay, here's the cool part for three. It, it's like you have to pay with your time. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to heat up on a cold day, which Universal Osaka gets. So let's dive straight <laughs> into it. <laughs> I thought that was going to be like some weird segue for a second. Like, it's a good way to heat up on a cold day. It is a cold day, so let's heat up by getting started. <laughs> oh, that would have been good. It is very cold in my studio at the moment. It is unbelievably we to, cold we to, where we are. And look at, we, we're looking at each other over Zoom, and both of us are like rugged up, which is <laughs> rare to see. So, well, Australian cold, of course, so it's, you know... 16 degrees Celsius, which is summer in some parts of the world, but it's cold for us. People in the UK are walking around in bloody, yeah, t shirts and shorts, ready to go Ah, to the the beach when it's summer. (laughs) 16 degrees in the UK sound like that. Ah, they all sound like they're from old time radio. (laughs) (laughs) Which old time radio, let's get into. (laughs) <laughs> old time radio, just what like the entertainment old- back in the day. Well, let's talk about <laughs> entertainment today. Review Times theme podcast. We're diving straight in. It's family oh. rides. Disney vs. Universal. Do we give? Do we even need to talk about this? Poor Universal doesn't have much of a chance, but we'll give it. We'll give it a fair chance. Let, let's start with Disney. We'll get them I feel out of like the way. If Sports Bet had a bet for this podcast, it would be like. <laughs> Disney 1.01 for winning uh, and Universal would be up there with like, oh, you can bet on it, but it'd be pretty dumb with its 2,000 odds. <laughs> so Which one thing yeah. we didn't talk about quickly is Disney, Disneyland Resort actually has two parks where Universal only has one. So that kind of puts it at a bit of a disadvantage. Well, Disneyland, though, I kind of treat it as one park. Because they're so close together, uh, yeah. I kind of treat yeah. it as one mega... When I'm visiting, not Sorry, the resort. what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. So, Disneyland and Disney California Adventure, when I'm there, I don't think I've... In my last few trips, I haven't done a day where I haven't 
kind of gone back and forth between both, which is a great it's, thing with Max Pass. Yeah, you can it's so easy. Check the entire resort, and you know, from Disneyland to DCA from the front of the two parks is like a one minute walk. Mm. Sure, it's I think further if you're up in Galaxy's Edge and you want to get to Incredicoaster, but still, then it's probably only a fifteen minute walk. That's also the problem I see when they want to introduce a third gate is that people are spoiled with the fact that DCA and Disneyland are so close to each other that if you introduced a third park, I could guarantee that the attendance would be much lower than the other two because it's just so much easier to walk between the two of them. It's not like Walt Disney World where it's like, oh, you want to go from Epcot to Animal Kingdom? Oh, that's a 30 minute bus ride. It's waiting for the bus, walking to the front of the park. Which I think that was a big thing when they were talking about Knott's Berry Farm becoming the third gate for Disneyland there for a while, Hmm. becoming Disney's America. Part of the reason that didn't go through was, number one, it wasn't sold to them by the Knott's family. But number two, (laughs) they couldn't get the agreement because they were trying to get a monorail that would run straight from the Disneyland Resort all the way down to Knott's Berry Farm, which most of that area is, you know, not... It's a mix of, you know, just businesses and that sort of it's not the resort area it's just a city essentially interesting thing like especially for parks like Knott's Berry Farm you've been there I haven't but I've heard that thing where it's like it's a great park but it's not Disneyland but sometimes that is more beneficial because people go oh well we can't really afford to do a heap of time at Disneyland so let's do two days at Disneyland and then we'll do two days at Knott's because it's like 200 bucks for a season pass yeah and then they end up we got there for like $40 $40 US dollars for a day. Wow. It's like a third the price of Disneyland. And honestly, it's a great part. If you're ever at the Disneyland Resort, chuck an extra day onto your trip and go to Knott's because it has a lot of the things that Disneyland doesn't have. Mm. Like it has the more thrilling attractions. It has that level, which Disney doesn't really go for, you know, a big roller coaster just because it's thrilling. Where Knott's yeah. has a number of roller coasters. Ghost Rider, the wooden roller coaster there, is my favourite wooden coaster in the world. It's a great Mm. ride. Though, speaking of theme parks near Disneyland, Universal Studios Hollywood (laughs) is near Disneyland. Or like two hours drive away. (laughs) It depends on the traffic. I've done... Usually I stay around the Disneyland area when I go to Universal Hollywood. Mm. And I've had trips anywhere from like 40 minutes to two hours from yeah. the Disneyland area to Universal Studios. But first, let's stick at Disneyland. Family rides. What are your must-do family rides at Disneyland? And don't Ooh. just say the whole resort. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been a while since I've been to Disneyland. So, in terms of what I would do, like, having a battle plan for a park. Like, you know, I have battle plans for if I was to go to Tokyo Disney Sea or Tokyo Disneyland or something like that. But Disneyland is sort of now in that category because I haven't been there for so long where I'd just be happy just going in and sort of seeing where the winds took me. That's the Um, best way, yeah. So, in terms of that, though, like, the things that get me really excited are the classics, but not like, you know, the the storybook classics, the ones like your Haunted Mansions, your Pirates of the Caribbean. To a degree, I'm not sure if you would consider it a family ride. It's sort of... 
ebbs on the edge of both thrill rides and family rides, but um, Splash Mountain as well, like those sort of experiences where you get like a nice story alongside just an amazing attraction, like with really high quality production. Like those are the things that really make me giddy about going to Disneyland. And those are the things Disney does best. Disney doesn't really do thrill rides for the sake of thrill rides. There's a couple at Disney California Adventure, but at Disneyland, the thrill rides in inverted commas are like you're saying, Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, Space Mountain, which aren't really thrill rides in Mm. the big picture around the world. <laughs> the other thing as well is whenever Disney does a thrill ride, they're always a bit eh. Like if they just mm. do just a thrill ride, like there there are some definite exceptions, like I would say Space Mountain is up there. Um then I'll I'll get back to this in thrill rides, I guess, but um whenever they just sort of slap down a thrill ride, say like DCA's California Screaming or whatever it is now in Credicoaster. Credicoaster, yeah. It sort of just is like yeah it's a really long coaster and it's a good coaster but it's not like the best coasters special yeah most of dca was to be fair Uh, so (laughs) true not a surprise (laughs) Uh, but for me yeah the family rides i love the classic Fantasyland dark rides but my favorites are the ones that are only available at disneyland i love alice in wonderland especially well, it was probably 10 years ago now, it went through some like modernization where they put in some projection mapping and stuff like that, which actually added. I remember when it was announced, everyone was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. But they didn't detract, like they didn't remove anything to add extra projection mapping. They just kind of yeah. added it as an extra layer, which I thought was really cool. And that's the way to like revitalize an older attraction. Uh, but yeah, as you were saying, Pirates, Haunted Mansion, you can't go past them. Over at DCA, there's not really a ton of great family rides. Little Mermaid's pretty air. Mike and Sully to the rescue. Saying, yep, that's a a ride, I guess. (laughs) Um, And Midway Midway Mania Mania is probably the best. Yeah, Yeah, that's the one that family ride. I would like if you were to sit me in DCA and say, you must do a family ride then it would probably be Midway Mania. But uh, would you count Soren? Yeah, that's that? what I was going to say. Soren, if you count it, which it is quite an accessible attraction. It's got that little the little seatbelt that goes between your legs if you're too mm. young. So I think that is quite... That's a thing with Disney. This, this distinction between family rides and thrill rides is kind of difficult because at some parks, if you compare it to, say, a Cedar Point or a Six Flags... Everything we classify as a thrill ride would be a family ride. Yeah, definitely. At those parks. But here, that, I think, yeah, that's that's the family rides. I would say it's a great collection. Disneyland almost, arguably has the best collection of family rides in the world. Yeah, Of any definitely. park that I've that, been to. That whole resort is just perfect for families. And it makes sense because it's Disney. <laughs> if you <laughs> know think- Disney for something, it's, it's just family... I was going to say yeah. family values and all of that. That's but. what it's all about. Uh, and just quick little heads up. We're going to say Disneyland a lot. Just consider we probably mean the Disneyland Resort. Yeah. Throughout this episode, because it is the Disneyland Resort versus the Universal Studios Hollywood Resort, I guess. They don't really have one. 
But let's jump over there. Let's take our drive, the 17-hour drive down the... Uh, what's it called? The I, I-4 or something? No, that's the Orlando one. It's called the oh. I-something. And it literally looks like a parking lot most of the time. <laughs> bumper to bumper. I've driven it at like 6 a.m., and then we've driven it at like 11 a.m. And like it's got a five hour traffic rush, like peak hour, which is insane because I, I live in Sydney and it's not even that crazy. And it's meant Sydney's meant to be one of the worst cities for traffic in the world. Uh, Sydney is wild, especially on like a Friday afternoon. But I have mm. experienced that sort of L.A. traffic once. I remember we went from... We actually sort of did the opposite because when I went in 2008, we were staying near Universal Studios to work Mm. there. And then we did sort of like a weekend trip to Disneyland. And I remember thinking that Disneyland must have been so far away because we traveled for half a day from Hollywood to Anaheim. And I just remember looking out the window constantly (laughs) and we were just like... On the highway. And I don't know why it took so long, but I remember we Mm. left around lunchtime and we got to Disneyland or the Disneyland Resort area after dark. Mm. Like it it would Hmm. it was just a long time, whether it was an immense traffic jam or something like that. But admittedly, it was also over a decade ago when I would have been (laughs) just I would have been around 15, 16. So, Mm. you know, it's down to the recollection of a 15-year-old, but at the same time, it felt (laughs) like a really long time. Oh, 100%. Maybe bus driver just got really, really lost and started driving you to Walt Disney World instead. It would not surprise me. This was also (laughs) the same trip in which we did like a hollywood haunted experiences tour and part of it was that they put this like black tint on the windows so that you, oh. you couldn't even see out like they would be like oh we're going True past horror. the famous site of where this celebrity was murdered and everyone's like i can't even see where? what <laughs> We also, like, it was just so bizarre. It was Mm. one of the worst things I've ever experienced. And even the, like, the tour group that were planning it, they were like, "Uh, sorry, um, this was awful. (laughs) But (laughs) what happened, it was one of those things where, like. A lot of LA is awful. Oh, (laughs) yeah. And Hollywood in general. But we did this thing, like, where they were like, oh, we're going to take you up to this mansion. And then we get there and there's, like. A car that's, you know, there's this real sketchy dude and he's like, oh, man, you can't go up there. It's like there are some real bad things going on. And the, like, guy who was leading the group was like, oh, no. It was like this really sort of sketchy bloke. Um, And it was just weird. But was that's, that set up or was that legitimate LA thinking sketchiness? Back on it, it was set up. You know, there yeah. were the, it was all hyped up to be like, oh, we're going to go up to this mansion. You're going to be able to see like the scene of blah, blah, blah. And then we just went to this spot and like, okay, we need to park down the bottom of the hill and then walk up the hill. And then there was just someone there. And I would say they probably do that every night. Uh, and there yeah. is no mansion because we ended probably up. gets chucked a $30 tip. Oh, it's, See you tomorrow I could night. guarantee it's probably one of those things where this person has gone to Hollywood thinking, yes, I'm going to make it. And then yeah. they're like, oh, okay, I haven't got any gigs. Uh, excuse me, random tour group. Do you have any gigs for me? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go stand up on top of that hill and tell me not to come up. 
right. Yeah, it was so bizarre. It's a job. But it was around near where Universal Studios was because it's very <laughs> close to Hollywood. Yeah, which is one thing. If you want to spend a day in Hollywood, just go to Universal Studios. Hollywood itself is pretty gross. It's pretty dirty. There's not really a lot to do. Everyone like, I've taken there has left disappointed with what everyone it actually wants is. to go to Hollywood. No one wants to go back to Hollywood. That's yep. the thing I've found. <laughs> everyone <laughs> wants to go once. That's it. I've been like three or four times because every time I go, I'm with somebody new, and you can never talk them out of it. Everyone has to go that once, and they'll be like, "Nah, it's going to be cool. I've seen it in all the pictures." And you go to Grauman's. You get harassed by a dude dressed as Spider-Man. You go across the road to the Disney theater and you have like a nice ice cream and maybe buy a pin. And then you're like, okay, I'm done. Neat. Get me That's out of here. <laughs> and then you drive up to Universal Studios, which looking at the, the list here, this is the list of pretty much all the family rides. Have you experienced any of these? Let me look. No. Okay, well, I have experienced most of them, so I can talk you through them. Newest one is, of course, Secret Life of Pets. This ride looks really good. Yeah. I haven't actually watched a POV yet. I've seen a POV, and in my opinion, this looks great for a Universal ride. It's Hmm. Disney quality. It's good to see. And Universal doesn't really do traditional dark rides. Exactly. Something that's not just screams, yeah. which is a problem a that they had for a while. They, yeah, I guess even looking over in Orlando, their two most recent additions are big, impressive coasters. So maybe they've gotten out of their screen-based problem. Though when we look at uh, Super Nintendo World, Mario Kart's pretty much screens the ride. So who knows? Yeah, we'll it's judge an that interesting... when we get to ride it. You yeah. can't ride without the AR and be able to talk about it properly, I think. Uh, so, Secret Life of Pets looks great. Other family rides, uh, they have Despicable Me, Minion Mayhem. I don't like that ride. It's okay, the ride. I prefer Terminator 2, which they it replaced. Uh, mm. Flight of the Hippogriff, which is a junior coaster that's at every single Harry Potter land for some reason. It was there at Orlando because that ride already existed and they just rethemed it. Why do they find the need to bring it into every other one? It doesn't make sense thematically in the land. The rest of the land is so well designed. And then there's clearly just a coaster slapped in the middle of it. Yeah, I feel like it fills a void that they made. It's a cheap (laughs) second ride. They wouldn't open that land with only one ride because then people would be like, oh, it's just all shops. So they went for the cheapest option for a second ride. A kiddie coaster. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Then there's... Uh, Yeah, this... So, Kung Fu Panda Adventure, it's called. It's in, like, this new DreamWorks theater. This was honestly one of the best 4D cinema experiences I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, So, it replaced Shrek 4D. uh, Rest in peace. Happy 20th, Shrek. Uh, (laughs) And it's this kind of... I can't even really explain it. It's a really good mix of in-theater effects, screen-based effects... It's got some proper practical effects. Like at the end, something flies out of the screen and then like hits into the wall and the physical item is in the wall, similar to the duck butt in Philhar Magic. Oh, wow. That sort of stuff. It's just, I was one of those, I went into it. I was like, eh, this will be bad. It was actually yeah. surprisingly good. Uh, nice. Speaking of 4D, of course, we're at Universal. Simpsons, I would call more a family ride. Yeah. Then a thrill see, ride. Have you ridden the Simpsons ride? If that you want right- to know 
how long ago it was since I've been to Universal Studios Hollywood. I experienced uh, Shrek 4D. I experienced... Uh, it was instead of Simpsons, it was Back to the Future, and I remember experiencing Back Jesus. to the Future because one of the girls well, in our group left a handbag. This is going to be like handbag. twenty years ago. Then <laughs> this is more than ten. But uh, it was, I was a while. At- it was two thousand and eight. Yeah, no, two thousand eight is when Simpsons opened because that's when I was there. Really, so I was there only a couple of weeks after the Simpsons ride opened at Universal Hollywood, and I was there in May of two thousand and eight. And I know I, it like opened the week earlier. Unless it was because I did go to LA about a year before that and we went to Universal Studios. So I may be mixing up sort Getting of confused. those two trips, but I hmm. do remember that Simpsons was not open when we went because I have yeah. not so experienced that. So Back to the Future ride. ride closed in, it was like 18 months, I think, to go from Back to the Future to The Simpsons, which would make it late 2007. Because, yeah, I remember I was there mm. in May of 2008 and it had just reopened. Okay. Uh, sorry, it just opened full stop. I quite like the Simpsons ride, but it's showing its age a little bit now. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen Which, POVs of mm. it. I've never experienced it, but I have seen where it's just like, it's it's all right. But considering how far the industry has come since the Simpsons ride came mm. out... It's just, it's in desperate need of an upgrade. And yeah. maybe, I don't know, it would be very controversial because The Simpsons, interestingly, like, I would say people are more interested in The Simpsons as a brand than the actual television show itself. Nowadays, I feel like yeah. the show just it's nostalgic acts as a, for a lot vessel. of people. Yeah, yeah. To, it's similar to Pokemon. Like, apparently, the Pokemon games cost nowhere like nowhere near what you would expect they would cost to produce because they know oh, yeah. that all that happens is the pokemon games come out and the merchandise cycle flips back over like there's this cycle where they yeah will it will go down and it will start dropping as pokemon sort of goes out of the uh, the mainstream and then they'll release a new game and it'll go whoop and then it will go back, back down and new cards new tv show new everything a new plush, new all of that uh, coincided. Which, yeah, I feel the Simpsons ride can't last that much longer as well because once again, it's a Disney attraction, Disney owned attraction now. In theory, True. same as Marvel. Yeah, the crusty, like sorry, the Springfield area around this ride is really cool. I like the food, I like the Quickie Mart, so that stuff's cool. But the ride itself either needs an update or a complete retheme. Which, who knows, how long does Universal want to keep paying Disney for the Marvel and Simpsons license? I, I would know- say yeah. that it would be worthwhile for them to keep the Simpsons area. Because I know a lot of people who have been to Universal and the Simpsons area before Harry Potter was like, that was the thing. You would go to Universal Studios Hollywood and it would be like, oh, I went and I got, I saw the bought sign and I went to (laughs) the Krusty Burger and all of that. People would like rave on about it. And now that's sort of been replaced with Harry Potter. So I guess it sort of doesn't fill that void anymore that mm. Universal needed. So maybe it is time for Who Simpsons knows? Yeah, to go. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with it over time, especially with Universal's current, like one new thing every year pretty much means that stuff is getting cycled through 
Mm. Who knows? It might be Simpsons ride. I don't know if they even have the same like in perpetuity agreement that they have on Marvel where they can just have it for yeah. as long as they keep up appearances and keep up money. And my guess is they'll keep it if even if it is, you know, a renewed license thing until Disney wants to do something with it. But I still can't see Disney doing anything in their theme parks with Simpsons. I can Marvel yeah. sure, but not Simpsons. I can't see even in like DCA or anything like that. No. Um, in Hollywood Studios, I can't even see Simpsons being appropriate. No. It doesn't follow the same values that uh, Disney sort of has invested Tries in. To sell. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think- see them coming anytime yeah. soon. Family rides. We have to give it to Disney. Family rides. Right? It goes to Disney. Everyone saw it coming. They're probably like, just get it over with. I, it is Which, good to talk about them in the sense that, you know, Universal has very few family rides. So that's and the thing something we to. Yeah. Talked about Disney is a great resort that you can do for three or four days. Universal Studios Hollywood will give you a jam packed single day. A hundred. And that's all the yeah. resorts like that's all the theme parks trying to be. So, it do- sure, it doesn't have as much, but it's not trying to be as much. It's only trying to be a third or a quarter of what Disneyland is, and it fits that bill nicely. It uh, is so kind of like now. us comparing apples to pears, but, yeah, someone's... you got to try There's and theme parks. eat the pears. Theme <laughs> <laughs> uh, and everyone always is always Universal versus Disney. The big oh, 100%. two in theme parks. So let's move on to thrill rides. One which, if we're in Orlando would probably actually easily go to Universal, but we're going to have to battle them out because at mm. face value, I honestly don't know who's going to win here. I I will preface this by saying, if you're going to the Disneyland Resort for thrill rides, you're a fool. <laughs> There's like, but there are like three thrill of rides. the rides that I consider thrill rides at the Disneyland Resort are also three of the five best rides at the Disneyland Resort. Yeah. <laughs> then, though, it's that thing where they're really good rides, but they're not great thrill rides, if that makes sense. I would sense. say Universal's on the same page. Yeah. Neither of these are doing thrill. Like, these thrill rides, in inverted commas, are very equal to each other, in my opinion. True. So, I feel this is quite an even playing field. Sure, neither of them are a hypercoaster or thrill for thrill's sake. Mm-hmm. Like a Six Flags or a Cedar Point or any Space of that. Space Mountain Hypercoaster. Now that's got a ring to it. Oh, imagine the size of that show building. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll start at Disney. Seeing as you said Space Mountain, we of course have to... All three of the mountains are yeah. the... When you think of thrills, and for me, those are the perfect middle ground thrill rides. All three, Big Thunder, Space, and Splash. If your child or, you know your brother or your sister or whoever you're going with has kind of done the kiddie rides, they're the perfect step to the bigger and better thrill rides, in they're my opinion. gateway drugs to <laughs> adrenaline junkies. Yeah. And as you were saying before, it's still, though, got that Disney quality. So yeah. it's got, you know, Space Mountain has the soundtrack. Splash Mountain has all the animatronics. Big Thunder has the mountain itself. Like, those are what set it apart. See, that's the thing is it's like Space Mountain for me, when I go on that, I have an incredible time. When I go on DC Rivals, 
I have an incredible time. Mm. They're both roller coasters, but I like them for two completely different reasons. Like, if Space Mountain did not have a soundtrack, was not in the dark, like, if it was just exposed and oh, in the be open... it a woeful ride. It'd be so boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like... Exactly. And, that, and that's a difference. Same with Big Thunder. If Big Thunder wasn't yeah. wrapped around a big, impressive mountain range, it's quite a boring coaster. <laughs> and it does teeter... Like, for me, I feel that sometimes when you go on a Disney trip and you've you know, gone to the Magic Kingdom a couple of times, say if you're at Walt Disney World, Big Thunder becomes that thing where you do it, but you don't necessarily feel like you have to do it again because, mm. you know, there isn't really any soundtrack or anything like that. It's a good coaster, but it's nothing to sort of write home about that's a very mountains. controversial yeah. opinion i feel uh, <laughs> i would say that it, it's missing that special bit of something something that the other mountains offer whether it be in yeah. the dark with the soundtrack or splash mountain with all its animatronics it's kind of missing a little bit of that i guess which kind of the cracks form a little more i guess i still yeah. really like it um it's fun like it's a good don't ride. get me still mm. i like the disneyland one better probably because it's got yeah. the cool little town, and now you can see into Galaxy's Edge randomly. <laughs> uh, Disneyland also has the Matterhorn. I don't like the Matterhorn. It hurts my neck. So, Though you're very tall, we have this interesting thing where I'm short and round, and you're <laughs> tall, and our experiences on attractions are very different, because sometimes What's you'll be like, comfy, wow. Yeah. That hurt a lot. And I'll be like, oh, that was the best. Like, you yeah. love you love flying coasters. I, I don't hate. love them. I just don't hate them. No, you want to marry flying coasters. Um, flying coasters are my girlfriends now. Any, anything, Manta, come on over. <laughs> anything beyond. So, now I'm thinking, Manta, my parents aren't home. Manta's like <laughs> soaring around. Like, you're Ooh. just there with big rosy cheeks. Uh, <laughs> anything above not hating Flying Coaster to me is just too much. Um, if if you like one, you've been on one flying coaster. It was about a thousand degrees. I've been you were on dehydrated two. as hell. Where's the second? Universal Studios Osaka flying dinosaur. Oh yeah, both of them. <laughs> one we did at eight a.m. in the morning with no food in our tummies or drink or anything. So that will do it. Um, uh, back to Disney. So thrill rides. Indiana Jones Adventure is one of the best rides in the world, in my opinion. Yep, agreed. It's probably the most thrilling ride at Disneyland. Mm. As weird as that might sound, because yes. it absolutely thrashes you around. It's hard And to- it's not like a coaster where you can kind of judge it. It thrashes you for the three minutes. 100%. It's like and getting it's into a four-wheel drive. Parts. It's got, you know, it's not just the most thrilling because it's the fastest it's got like intense moments and scary moments and stuff like that that all combine together have you found that the indiana jones ride leaves a lasting impression on you in the sense that now like every now and then i have to do work with sort of four-wheel drives and i will go 
into areas where the car will be like rocking around and all of that. And I'll be like, oh, I'm on Indiana Jones. I feel like <laughs> a lot of big fans of that are like that. It yeah. sort of leaves that lasting sort of like if you if you're bumpy, my little sedan every now and then when I go slightly off road and it's like the Ooh, end I'm of the world indie. for it. And it's like <laughs> breaking Where's apart. that voice actor that sounds not really like Harrison Ford? <laughs> Snarkies. <laughs> I hate a snarky. Taurus. Why did it have to be Taurus? <laughs> <laughs> and then you got a couple of uh, good thrill I've rides across the way as well. D- the ones at DCA, I would say, are probably closer to being actual thrill rides mm-hmm. than the ones at Disneyland. So the Incredicoaster, as we'll say before, it's got a fast launch. It's just a really long coaster. It's got babies on a stick. Well, <laughs> what more can you ask for? Oh, um, man. Maybe less babies on a stick next time. Um but Guardians, to me, Guardians, uh, Indy's the best thrill ride at Disneyland. Guardians is probably the best thrill ride at DCA. You haven't ridden it yet. Every no. time I say it, you look at me like I got two heads. But Guardians is a good ride. So Guardians of stop. the Galaxy. Yep, full stop. No, for <laughs> those that don't know, because some people may not know, but it's the the Tower of Terror replacement. They can look it up. But they might not know what Tower of Terror they is if we keep think going back in time. We're going to have a 30-minute explanation of what Guardians of the Galaxy is. No, they might think that you're talking about that weird movie that came out like four years ago with Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and Jack Frost. That Guardians <laughs> oh, movie. The Guardians or something. The wasn't Guardians. It I wonder if anyone saw that thinking it was the other, you know, ordered it on Amazon <laughs> or something. <laughs> They're like, I'm so Chris excited for Disney's California Adventure because I get to finally ride that <laughs> ride with the Easter Bunny with and Santa Claus. Santa. I was about to say Shrek. I don't think Shrek <laughs> is a guardian. <laughs> He's one of the guardians of the holidays. Fourth of July is like Abe Lincoln day. <laughs> oh Lord! Uh, um, and then the last good point. I would say thrill ride at DCA is uh, Radiator Springs Races. Similar oh, to tra- it's test a teeter. Track, it's a it, teeter. Would you call Test Track a thrill ride? Yes. Well, then Radiator Springs is a thrill ride because it goes just as fast. <laughs> True. <laughs> Just because it has a more kiddie theme doesn't make it less of a thrill ride. You're looking at the time and be like, Tom, we're 42 minutes in. and (laughs) I think the other ones won't be as long. Rides are logically the longest, in my Uh, opinion. True. We have done this before and it's that thing where usually it takes us a very long time to get through rides. And then at the end, it's like, uh, resort area, uh, yep, uh, and we're done. Anyway, that was Review Time's theme podcast. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Uh, Over to Universal. Universal has a weird mix of thrill rides. Mm. None of them, uh, none of them I'm in love with. Some of them I kind of like a little bit. Uh, It's like those trail mixes that every now and then has like chocolate and a soy crisp in there and you're like oh, what i'll eat it but i'm not gonna love any part of this individually <laughs> yeah, yeah all of them it's like they're okay but like really they're, they're all together this is what like- we're going with okay uh first up though i would say for thrill rides the newest one uh, second newest <laughs> forbidden journey <laughs> what is funny 
about that. Just, I was just thinking, it's like, could you imagine the Wikipedia page for Universal Studios Hollywood gets updated, the like critical reception part, and it's like, Review Time's opinion on this park is like a, trail, like a mix trail mix with chocolate and soy crisps. No one likes any of the parts, but they'll still eat it. We got kicked off the Movie World page for critical oh, yeah, reception. We're not official enough, apparently. We're not legit enough. Somebody else was, and it made me angry. I don't there know was who like it was. some journalist for a, a newspaper. Apparently, their opinion matters more than the people who have literally <laughs> dedicated their lives to reviewing <laughs> theme parks. But I'm not salty. Are you salty? <laughs> Why would we be salty? Nothing to be salty about. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm salty. I guess I'm salty about Forbidden Journey because I like Forbidden Journey, but I don't think it's the best ride in the world that everyone else thinks it is. I'm sure I've talked about it on the pod before. It's just a high-tech Harry Potter ghost train. The amount of people, though, I talk to, like, this is one of those interesting phenomena in the theme park world where it's like the more you've experienced the less impressive forbidden journey becomes but for people Mm. who aren't like big theme park junkies and i would say that i fell on this bandwagon a couple of years ago like maybe half a decade ago before we really got into theme parks i was in that same camp of like forbidden journey blew my mind And it still sort of does. Like, it is a technology marvel. Yeah. Like, the amount that went into that attraction just to get it to where it is. But I do agree where it's just basically a ghost train, like a, a souped-up techn- yeah. ghost train. To me, the technology is the best part of the ride. Mm. The, the story is a bit eh, but the technology is incredible, which is why pretty much every time I ride it, I end up sticking my head out the sides to see if I can see anything. And you, it you is. can. If you just slightly shift your head forwards, you can see everything how it works. Yeah. It's also one of those attractions that makes me angry because I'm like, where does this fit in the whole, like, Harry Potter lore? It doesn't. Like, <laughs> it, it. yeah, I'm just, yeah. J.K. Rowling was so adamant on making sure that the Harry Potter experience was so full and enriched. And then I hit Forbidden Journey and it's like, where does it go? Mm. It's somehow set during the fourth movie, I think, Goblet of Fire. But for some reason, they're doing tours of the castle with muggles. And it's... it's it doesn't make I sense. I don't know, Luke. I just don't know. Harry I, Potter I fans, let us know. <laughs> wowed everyone so much that they're kind of forgiving of the fact that it is, it's good, but mm. it, it's not as, you know, the world's best thing, better than sliced bread, like everyone talks it up to be. And I think it might have even been that thing where it was so hyped before I got the chance to ride it for five years before I wrote it. It never really had the chance to live up to that hype. Yeah. Which might be, you know, a problem with me. Uh, one that doesn't deserve <laughs> no, any hype. No, it's the so. children that are wrong. <laughs> uh, Revenge of the Mummy, which at Universal Studios Hollywood, because if you've ridden the Orlando one, you're probably like, this is a great ride. And yes, this is- in Orlando, it is. This is in one Hollywood, of the few rides <laughs> in this park that I have experienced. And do you agree? It's woeful. It, so for context, when I went there, there was not a lot to do 
at Universal <laughs> Studios Hollywood. So it was quiet, first of all, but at the same time, it had Revenge of the Mummy. So what do you do when it's quiet and it has Revenge of the Mummy? And that's like literally one of the only attractions because back then, <laughs> like over a decade ago, Universal Studios Hollywood was like all about movies and production and, and shows, all of that. Yeah. Like it, it was really big on showing you how things got done and sort of really integrating that whole movie magic idea into the park. And it was sort of still also edging on the fact that this is the park with the studio tour. You don't need anything else. Yeah. <laughs> but Revenge of the Mummy, I think I did like 10 times in a row <coughs> because there was just no line. But I will agree that when you go from Disneyland to Revenge of the Mummy, even for someone who wasn't big into theme parks back then, it was one of those things where I was like, this is this is not a very good ride. <laughs> well, for me, it's not going from Disney to Revenge of the Mummy. It's going from Revenge of the Mummy to Revenge of the Mummy. <laughs> the Orlando version of the attraction is so strong. It's got an awesome launch. It's got this little uh, show scene in the middle that I don't want to spoil in case people haven't been on it. But that part's sick. I've never really seen it in a theme park before. Oh, is it okay? <clears throat> That type of thing. <laughs> I just ruined the pacing. Anyway, I keep feel going. That flow I was getting into. I was getting into. I was saying how good it is, and then I was saying you go to Universal Hollywood, which I had ridden the Orlando one first. Universal Hollywood one is Hollywood one is poor. The coast yes. is really short because for, it's in the ET Adventure Show building, and they didn't raise the roof or anything, so it's got no height to it. It doesn't really do much. The dark ride element is weaker. It's got like one cool part where the things jump up from the sides in the first like dark ride scene. But that's about it. Otherwise, everything else is better around the world. And it's just a shame to know that this is the bad version of a ride. Very similar to, you know, Pirates at Magic Kingdom compared to Pirates at Disneyland. It's just a shame that you know. Yeah, Yeah. because I remember like it was all right. It was, you know, if you write it 10 times in a row, all right. (laughs) It's also like the the launch is okay and all of that. But it was that thing where when I found out that there was another version and I looked that up, I'm like, oh, this is obviously the weaker version. (laughs) Yeah. But then this is what it's meant to be. But when you look at it, they opened it pretty much the same time. So it's weird. Yeah. It is very strange. But this is also the exact same thing. Opened at the exact same time, and they're two completely different rides. I'd say one of Weird. them was a money thing. Yeah, and space thing, because they had the E.T. show building spare at Hollywood compared to the King Kong show building, which used yeah. to host a, like, suspended dark ride with full skyscraper, like, four-story building size sets in it. So, yeah, yeah. they got more space in Orlando. Uh, the oh, the yes. one I would say, in my opinion, my favorite ride, kind of, I guess, Jurassic Park used to be my favorite ride at Universal Studios Hollywood. Yeah. Jurassic World, when I wrote it in 2019, was okay. Now re-watching it with the new ending and all the new effects, it's probably my, f- will be my favorite thrill ride at Universal again. Yeah. It's hard to beat <laughs> that final drop. Like, 
there's not much that we can really say on Jurassic World and Jurassic Park because we've we already did talked about it. Didn't we but, do an episode on Jurassic Park, the ride too? Yes. Yeah. So we've done it out there. We've done a couple. Listen. We very much like that ride. So yeah, it it is the highlight of that park. I would say. For yeah. me. And the way well, it's I kind of there. built in this really nice little area that's, you know, down and you turn, you go down the Starcade to Star Vader. We can never remember what it's called. You go down, <laughs> down, down. And it's like, as you're going down, you're kind of turning. It's almost like a camera angle. You're kind of panning across and it's getting more and more of Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, the ride revealed to you as you go down the escalators. Yeah. I don't know if they did on purpose, but it looks really cool. It looks it great. Uh, and and yeah, then- I would say that's the best ride. Also, I don't want to quell on because I don't like this ride very much. Transformers, I would kind of say, is slightly more thrill, though it could yeah. easily fit in family rides as well. Transformers is a bad version of Spider-Man, and Spider-Man is one of my top three dark rides in the world, so I don't <laughs> like Transformers. <laughs> so it would obviously immediately put itself on the back foot and then it's just bad. So it's like, it's just tripping all over the place. Yeah, exactly. But I think this is actually a relatively hard decision. I like, it's split in hairs here. Cause yeah. there are some things that like, if you were to put me in front of this, they're all pretty good. Like it's a pretty good lineup on each one. But if I had mm. to choose between one and if I personally, like if you were to say what, of these lists would you want to do, I'm going for Disney. Yeah. Which I think Disney may not, the rides may not necessarily be more thrilling, but mm. they're better rides. Yeah. I the Universal, I love Jurassic World, but those other three I can miss. I, ride, I always ride Forbidden Journey once, and I would ride Transformers once, Revenge of the Mummy at Hollywood once. Jurassic World, I could ride again and again in a day. But at Disney, I could ride Indy. I could ride Guardians. I could ride Radiator Springs Races time and time again in the same day and still enjoy it every single time. So, I agree. This one goes to Disney. But moving on, here's one that I think Universal has a decent chance in because it's experiences. Yeah. And I would argue Universal Studios Hollywood has the greatest theme park experience in the world. Yes. And I think we've mentioned this on one of our episodes on the actual channel. Yeah, which in, I think, our Universal Studios Hollywood review. But we'll start at Disney. Is it one of the only parks which, spoiler alert, has gotten a 10 out of 10 for experiences? Um, I'm... Fairly certain it got a 10. It got a 10 because of one experience. (laughs) Uh, But I'm not... Let me check. Let me grab up the old... We've got a big old scoreboard. In the meantime, you look that up and I'll quickly go through. So, experience at Disney. Let's start over there. Now, when you think of experiences at Disney, we're not talking about entertainment or anything like that. We're talking about things that you can do that aren't necessarily attractions or shows. So, things like your meet and greets. There's the Cinderella Castle walkthrough. 
that's it's not actually the Cinderella castle walkthrough, Luke. I'm disgusting. You it's Sleeping Beauty. I was about to say Snow White, and then we're both going to be disgusted <laughs> in each other. Uh, it only then got you've a got nine for experiences. Apparently, Ooh. the only park that ever got a ten for experiences was Tokyo Disney Sea. Don't know why. Okay. I guess our reviews can be a bit interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was a long we, time ago. We're probably more critical now than we were at Tokyo uh, Disney. I'm noticing C. as we go on, our review numbers are getting a lot lower because it's <laughs> it's just how it works. As you become more experienced, you realize mm-hmm. the pros and cons of it and you can start comparing it properly. Mm-hmm. In Disney as well, you've also got the Toontown walkthroughs. So those are pretty much where you're going to the different houses of the characters. Yeah. They're, they're almost like a little playground sort of thing. But yeah, the goofy one, you can like paint his house. The Donald mm. one, you can go explore his boat. Uh, Chippendale's treehouse, you can climb up into the tree and explore around. I think Mickey's the only one you meet Mickey at the end. Oh, and Minnie as well. But I think Minnie meets out the front of her house. And yeah. it's a separate queue to the one that just like explores her house. But the Mickey one, it's essentially a really kind of detailed queue to go yeah. and meet Mickey. <laughs> Yeah, and then you've got over at DCA, you've got the animation building where you can go and sort of draw. There's like lots of different yeah, the animation things that you can do It's in got here. a couple of attractions. So Animation Academy is where you can go draw a character. And if outside, it's literally a list of like 20 different characters you can draw throughout the day. Just come back at whatever time, whatever mm. character you want to draw, you can specifically pick uh, what that is. But then they've also got, sometimes they've got a meet and greet in there. And then they've got this kind of interactive sorcerer's workshop kind of experience, which I think is cool. But the Drawing Animation Academy is my favourite thing to do at the animation building. And then also in DCA, you've got the Redwood Creek Challenge, which is kind of like a playground, walk-in trail, high ropes course sort of thing. You you can do it as an adult. That's all. (laughs) All of it's fine. You can do the, the flying foxes. They've got like rope net bridges that you can climb up and around and through. Uh, I, it's pretty fun. Ooh, it's like there's oh sorry, I just thought of some things that you missed, mm-hmm. uh, which don't like. I agree that they sort of fall into a weird spot in here, but experiences on top of that, you could say the uh, lightsaber workshop, which is a paid experience, mm. so it kind of ebbs yeah, onto would- that. I wouldn't necessarily say that it is something that I yeah. would put into here. Because Everything else we've talked about is inclusive experience. So, so stuff, yeah. yeah, the lightsaber Salvi's workshop is one of the best experiences I've ever done in a Disney park. But it's not a tick. It's a separately upcharged experience. So I feel it's not fair to compare them unless you're going to compare it against, say, Universal's VIP tour guide that they offer for like $500 a day per yeah. person. Which you get to drive around the back lot in like a little golf buggy (laughs) and get a private tour. (laughs) So, you've probably noticed that we're sort of skimming through these. And it's because Disneyland as a whole, compared to Universal, has a fairly okay experiences lineup. Like, they fill the void. But yeah. when you've got Universal across the way, you've, they've got a whole studio tour. This was the reason why Universal Studios yeah. Hollywood exists in the that first place. Was the park <laughs> at the it, start. It's like a, what is it? It's a two hour studio tour. No, it's about tour. an hour nowadays. Oh, okay. Uh, but I think it was, it, it used is, to be longer. Yeah. It, 
it used to be like half a day experience, if I remember. Mm. They took you down, like the lower lot, I think you used to get off and explore yes. a little. I, I'm, not a, I'm not super familiar with the Universal Studio Tour, but it is a one hour attraction filled with mini attractions. And you're yeah. actually exploring the Universal Backlot where countless famous films have been shot in the mm. over 100 years that they've been at the Hollywood facility. <laughs> this is one of the incredible things about it, like similar to, well, not similar, sorry. So Disney's Hollywood studio for the longest time had a studio tour. And yes, they did like three movies there, but <laughs> it always felt a bit off because it was just like, it wasn't an active studio. Things were not yeah. filmed there during its later years. At the Universal Studio Tour, this is an active studio. There are people working. There are people going about their day. There are people working in the film industry who are completely separate from the theme park. And as somebody who's actually worked on that back lot, the tram tour is just like an oddity in the background Of, you know, the stuff that you're doing. Like, I wouldn't mind doing an episode where it's just completely me talking about my experiences on the back lot Mm. because there is a lot to talk about. And I was going to try and include it in this, but I could probably talk about it for like two hours in the sense that (laughs) I have been into the props warehouse. I have worked on multiple sets. Like, I worked near the... Uh, where the Jaws experience was. So, the actual mm. Wisteria Lane, I think it was, where they yeah, shot- near there, yeah, yeah. Desperate yeah. Housewives. Um, <laughs> I had worked down in the Western set. I had mm. worked- Like, I have walked around the area where they sort of have the, the water going through- Flash flood. In the Mexico area. Like, I've walked around pretty much all of that yeah. back lot. I've eaten tacos on the taco trucks that come through. Like it, <laughs> it was an incredible lot. experience. So, but yeah, we'll so- have to do an episode. But I think that's a, the big thing as well. As you were saying, the studio tour is going to be different every time you go. Because yeah. you, when you were there, it was a live studio. It still is. Something, the Western set, when you were filming on there that day, that Western set is usually part of the studio tour. Mm. If you're filming on it, it wouldn't have been part of the studio tour that day. You might, you know, you're going to go do something else. So, while we say, you know, it's about an hour experience, that hour, apart from there's the things you're going to guarantee to do that are the mini yeah. attractions, but the parts you actually see of the backlog can be completely different. Like, so when I went in 2018, we didn't get to see Courthouse Square, the famous Back to the Future set. And then in 2019, we did. 2019, they were just packing up from filming on the Western set so we could drive through it, but there were still all the trucks out and about and stuff like that. And that's the really cool thing to me. It's not this fake, you know, like they did at uh, Disney Studios, Paris Mm. or at uh, Hollywood Studios. It's an actual studio. I will preface this in saying that you will very rarely see a famous person on the back Oh, don't go for that. (laughs) You will, though. But they ain't just walking around. (laughs) Yeah. What you will see, though, is like the inner workings of movies. And movie production is a logistical miracle. Like the fact that movies can just be made at all is an accomplishment in Mm -hmm. just logistics. It's incredible. 
when you actually get into the the nitty-gritty. And that's a huge reason I love the Backlot Tour. Because I, you know, getting to see the places you recognize from film, but also how they've kind of spruced them up a bit. And a secret, if you go to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios Hollywood... A lot of the back lot becomes part of Halloween Horror Nights, and you can yeah. actually just walk around it for that event. Wow. Like you don't have to be on the tram. You get to the tram will like take you, and then you have to you can walk from there. I think some years they've had it so you can walk through the War of the Worlds set when it, but it's like infested with zombies. Um, there's That's heaps cool. of stuff I've seen where you can walk around Courthouse Square, and they've got like food trucks and stuff set up. So that's a really cool way to get into the back lot, uh, in my opinion, if you're going mm. and you're not too scared. And you're not a big spooky boy. The other thing as well is on the studio tour, as you were saying, you've got those mini attractions. So this has changed a lot since I was there, but I had, uh, the, the, I had experienced King Kong. Go on. So feel free to cut that out. I had experienced King Kong. I had experienced Fast and Furious, but a different iteration of Fast and Furious. Oh, it was when they had the cars sticks. on sticks. Baby. <laughs> Which so King it was, Kong? Is it King Kong 3? D or King no, Kong? No, the original. The original yeah, yeah. King Kong, the like good where one. he smells like bananas. The Banana Earthquake set. We I love Earthquake. Which, Jaws, if I I'm remember guessing. correctly, yeah, Jaws, the yeah. King Kong set was near where they filmed the Tortuga scenes for Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, they got which the is, big blue lake with a big blue screen behind it. No, that's that's a different area, which I have been to, but I'm thinking of there's like a little courtyard where they film a lot of interior scenes and I did some uh, stage martial arts there. It's how I learned how hmm. to roll properly, like how to do a roll. And I did that once on stage <laughs> and everyone was mortified <gasps> because Lucky it makes like a really impressive crunch. sound once you learn yeah. how to do it. Like you're meant to roll and then tuck your head in so that you land on your shoulder, but it makes like a really loud, like, boom. Like it's a really deep <laughs> thud and everyone who listens to it is like, ooh. <laughs> like the whole thing was like how to make these really impressive sounds mm. and like make, make it, it sound look like real. More is happening. And yeah. experience, like, physical contact without actually harming someone. Yeah. Like, the whole thing, like, if you punch someone in a way, but whilst they're, like, clenching their abs, you can pretty much, like, go full pelt and they won't feel a thing. So, Harry it was all of those That's stuff. how he died. Yeah. <laughs> didn't someone <laughs> just run up and- clench his abs. Like, they just punched him. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't run up. It was like beh- it was like after a show in like the green room sort of thing. So he'd really mm. chilled out, and a guy just literally walked up to him. He was like, "Hey, anyone can punch you, eh?" Boof! <laughs> Imagine being died. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! I killed the greatest magician of all time. It's lucky, Dom, that when you were there, you didn't get caught in that mysterious fire that destroyed the King Kong experience um, right around the same time a new Peter Jackson King Kong film was about to come out and oh conveniently no. was somehow able to replace the old Kong experience in just a year when, you know, an attraction would normally require a lead time of like three to four. How convenient that there was this fire that just happened to take out the old Kong attraction. Wasn't there also a convenient fire that took out the original uh, Phantom of the Opera set? Yeah, stage 28, I want to say it's yeah. called. And then now that's, I think, 
maybe where like Super Nintendo or Transformers or something went. There's a lot yeah. of history of fires on the Universal backlot. <laughs> uh, CEOs me, just walking around yeah. with matches and petrol. For me, the best, my favorite experience on the backlot is Earthquake. I just love the Earthquake with yeah. all the practical effects, the train derails and comes. The worst is Fast and Furious, both the stick cars and the supercharged version. Either of those are equally the worst version when they were on the attraction. I didn't get what that dancing car thing was. And then when I went on like a few years later, before I'd done Fast and Furious, we went past where the dancing cars were. And I was like, oh, phew, they don't have any trashy Fast and Furious anymore. Until we get to the end and then they have more trashy Fast and Furious. Weren't the dancing cars just like sitting there for a very long time suspended mm-hmm. on the cooker arms? Uh, the, the, you can't see into it, but you can still see like the set of like the garage. You know how you went through a flat essentially? Yeah. And you went like around to see it. The flat that's the garage is still there the last time I was there. So, yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about it before. I also love the War of the Worlds set. It is so eerie. Oh, it's very nice. Which, if you haven't seen, it's literally a like plane, passenger plane, crashed into a suburban city, like a mm. suburban street, and it looks amazing. It's one of those ones where when you're going through it, and I think they used to have like mist and that in various parts yeah. where like, you know, when it had Spinning, more- like the rotors spin in the plane still, yeah. Yeah. And you would just be like, wow. Like, yeah. and <laughs> it was an actual plane that they just tore yeah. apart. Cut up. I haven't seen the film, but the set is very impressive. But that's it's the main right experience. Film. Of course, Dom, the meet and greets at Universal Studios Hollywood. How can we talk about experiences without talking about- the the people who yell at you from the windows. Oh, and Shrek and Donkey. And Shrek, the big solid Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are right. The people yelling at you from the window. It's like, hey, Ma, hey, we're look from at New this York. Guy. It's me and my wife. Hey, I just got to yell at you while you walk into the park. Hey, come up here and get some spaghetti. No, I'm not going to get some spaghetti. <laughs> hey, he doesn't like spaghetti. Can't you see that? Oh, my old love- woman. What can I say? <laughs> there was. If you, if you need two of them, Universal. Uh, Dom and myself, oh. we can do the the husband and wife team. Oh, could you imagine just for a day, it's us just bantering to people like, "Hey, <laughs> you're down job. there." <laughs> what? What people do you can't win? understand they- our accent as it is, so hey, we can put on another silly accent instead. But experiences, Dom, I think without doubt, because of the one experience and the yelling man. It has Disney. to go to Universal. Oh, Universal. What? <laughs> no, no, definitely Universal. Oh, Universal could be coming back. Let's see how they go when we dive into our next category, entertainment. Oh. Good luck, Universal, even though you do have one of my favorite theme park shows in the world. Uh, so, Disney, we, of course, have their new-ish day parade, Magic Happens, that debuted right before... That pesky pandemic shut down the park for over a year Darn and a bit. that pandemic. <laughs> so it hasn't come back since the park has reopened in the last few weeks, but it's got an absolute banger of a soundtrack. Oh, yes. So tick, banger soundtrack alert. <laughs> um, the nighttime show at 
Disneyland Fantasmic is my favorite nighttime show in the world. Better than any fireworks display. Better than any of that. I prefer the original version than the new version. Yeah. The new version is still great. So, if yeah. It, if, and then you've, yeah. across the way, you've got World of Color, which I haven't experienced. I love World of Color as well. I've watched it on YouTube. I'm a simp for World of Color. (laughs) That's not the word I was thinking. I'm a stan for World of Color. There we go. I found out recently the the whole stan thing comes from Eminem. You know how he has that song called Stan and it's like, I'm your biggest fan, Stan. It's like, you're a stan for such and such. That's the biggest fan. I didn't know that. I'm the number one biggest stan of World of Color. <laughs> I love that show. I don't know why. The, the soundtrack is spectacular. If you get a great seat, a standing area technically for that show, it er- encompasses you and wraps around you in such a way that the only other thing that's ever done it is the special event fireworks at the Magic Kingdom where the fireworks are 360 around you. Mm. No other every day of the year show has that spectacle, in my opinion. Definitely. <laughs> and then you've also got Frozen Live, which is literally well, just like... The, oh, yeah, canned. sorry. Same with That's Mickey and the, and the Magical Map. When the pandemic happened, they officially cancelled Frozen Live at the Hyperion and Mickey and the Magical Map. But that DCA theatre show, Aladdin, the musical spectacular, was my favourite version of the DCA theatre show. Sadly, that was replaced by Frozen, which was a little bit too long. And it was funny because we recently both saw Frozen the Musical in Sydney. And you can kind of see how they use that as a stepping stone to figure out how you can add more people to songs, that sort of stuff. But it's gone now. So who knows what, if anything, (laughs) will ever replace it. Or it'll just become more goo zooping out of Guardians of the Galaxy Tower. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just say, though, uh, quickly talking about Frozen, the Broadway musical in Sydney, uh, if I was Sven, I'd be pretty salty that his bows, like, no one knows who he is. Yeah, you don't get to like, see him still. I think they cut him out of the... I can't even remember him in the Live at the Hyperion show. He definitely wasn't in the yeah. same way where it's, like, on hands and feet at the same time. And literally looking like a reindeer, not a person in a costume. It's incredible. Like, it was incredible. And then, yeah, he doesn't get a bow. He just kind of skulks out in his costume. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We'll talk about Universal. They've got one good show, one okay show, and one air show, in my opinion. The good show is Waterworld. A SeaWorld live spectacular is, I think, the tagline for it. It's probably the best stunt show in the world. Even though it's based on a terrible film. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those ones where it's like, it's a super basic story, but the stunts yeah. are amazing. Like, it's, you know, oh, there's this evil bald man and he's <laughs> evil because he's bald and has no yep, hair. That's why he's evil. <laughs> and he's stolen a girl and now a handsome guy who has hair, he's oh, come he's to save. Hero. And she <laughs> loves him because he has hair. I would <laughs> love to. We should do a whole episode on Waterworld, the Sea War live spectacular, yeah. the stunt show experience it today at Universal Studios 3D. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a great show. As I was saying, it's my favorite stunt show in the world because it has a great. It's on water, 
but it has a great mix of practical stunts of fighting. It's got like a huge fire dive into the water. A mm. giant plane appears at one point, like literally slingshotted into the arena. Which like, you think just... is going to like crush half the audience. <laughs> yes. I, I, gosh, I, I'm always wondering like, could it physically ever have enough pressure to hit and like to launch it too far if something went wrong? I would say that there's some sort of mechanism that stops that. Yeah. Or it's just that just, thing where it's like physically impossible. Like the mechanism yeah. just can't even spring it that far. But uh, then you've also got within Universal Studios, which a couple of these I haven't experienced. I haven't experienced animal actors. I'm fairly certain there was like Fear Factor Live when I was there. Yeah. Oh, which I also didn't experience. Woeful. The I pretty show. much haven't been to this park. Yeah, that currently exists. I, I've done it all. I've done animal actors. It's cute because the animals are cute and they kind of show you how they train animals yep. for motion pictures. It's cute. That's about it. Like, at the end of the day, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's just a cute show to look at some cute puppies and birds and stuff like Yay. that. The big, the big kind of show that the newest, biggest show I would say is the special effects show. This replaced the old special effects stages that were at the lower lot, mm. which is now where Transformers is. But that used to be a three-part show in that there was three separate theaters and each one showcased a different type of special effects. So there was one that was like green screen. There was one that was like Foley. And then there was one that was like monster makeup type of stuff. Yeah. They've kind of taken all of that and crammed it into a singular show now called the special effects show. It used to be called the special effects stage. It's now called the special effects show. The slight differences between those two versions of the show. I've seen both of them. Can't remember what the differences are, so they can't be that great. They still do the same gags as the stage where somebody gets yeah. scared. Uh, there's a pretty cool, like, Spaceman gag. I won't spoil in case you haven't seen the show. But it's okay. I still prefer the version that I saw, you know, thir 13 years ago. That still sticks stronger in my memory than this yeah. new version I saw two years ago. Oh, easily. I, I had experienced the old version with the three stages, mm. which I'm fairly certain came out of necessity because pretty much you were going to one stage and they would, they would like shuffle you. But each stage was active. Like they had a yeah, host a which would take thing. you around. That's why there was different them. stages. Yeah. It was, so a, it was not like, a show based time, like, you know, show up at 11 o'clock. It was run as an attraction. So it just yeah. would roll over sort of thing. Which was really cool, uh, but what what do you feel for entertainment, Dom? What do you where do you where does your, your ticket your vote go? It's going to Disney. Like yeah. you can't be on top of that. You've got fireworks. Like yeah. there's Fantasmic, World of Color, the parades. Every now and then they bring in a nighttime parade. Like, it's hard to beat that. However, we are also seeing, like, we will preface this. We're coming out of the pandemic. And what we knew as Disney Entertainment could very much change into yeah, the future. Exactly. Because a lot of those things aren't back yet. Yep. These are based both of our last visits, which, you know, as you were saying, is back in 2008. And for me, it's yep. 2019. A lot has and will change since then. So, it'll be interesting to see if we do this again in, you know, two years Will it still be the same? 
But let's yeah. do a quick race through because Disney's already won. They've already won three <laughs> out of four. They're going to probably win in the resort area. But we'll race through it anyway. Disney resort area is made up of two major things. That's a downtown Disney area as well as the hotels. Downtown Disney, though, currently feels a bit empty. Because they closed a lot to build that new Disneyland hotel that was meant to go over the old downtown Disney area down where Mm. Splits, uh, sorry, not Splitsville, down where Rainforest Cafe, NBA zone, uh, not NBA, ESPN zone and uh, cinema there. So all of those are now closed. So when you go down that end, it's almost like a dead end before you get to the Disneyland hotel. So it's yeah. weird. I think they've made one of them into like a Star Wars store now. But oh. that was a Rainforest Cafe. It was a dining experience. They've turned into a store to buy oh, stuff wow. you can get anywhere else at the resort. Like yeah. it's weird. They still have the Lego store though. So tick. Good. I like the Lego store. Uh, they've also got Splitsville, uh, some good restaurants and World of Disney, which is an absolutely monstrous store. And... I think every almost every time we walked to the Disneyland Hotel, we would just walk through the store because we were there <laughs> at like a changeover period where they were like celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion. They were celebrating a few different things at once. It was D23 and literally some we could watch some of the merch cycle in the yeah. time we were there. <laughs> and then over at Universal... You've got a fairly similar experience, but it's not downtown Disney. You've got City Walk, which yeah, I would say is City like Walk, baby. I would almost it's more say of like City the Walk adult. is better than downtown Disney. Yeah, in some it's ways. like it's got Hard Rock. It's it's very much like it doesn't edgy have Hard Rock downtown it's Disney weird now. Oh, what is it? Yeah, got? so the Hard Rock just kind of went, and the rumor is it's going to become <clears throat> a toothsome emporium. Uh. Uh, yeah. I like the Hard Rock there. I'm a, apparently a very basic boy when it comes to food because the only place <laughs> I've eaten at City Walk is Hard Rock, Blaze Pizza, which is like pizza Subway. So it's made oh. the same way as Subway where you like drag along. They're like, what would you like? And you can put anything on that you want for the same price. Mm. Uh, and then I've also eaten at the number one location to eat. A Voodoo Donut is the best donut I've ever had. So... <laughs> I love Voodoo Donut. I would, mm. and this one doesn't get as busy at the one at Orlando does. I've seen lines of like an hour at the Orlando one. This is always like a walk in and just get it. I always get the like Boston cream. Mm. Yes, please, Voodoo Donut, American style donut, Voodoo Donut, Boston cream, even from Dunkin' Donuts. Mm. Number one donut. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. <laughs> uh, they've also the two stores that you have to go to if you go to Universal City Walk. Uh, Things from Another World is a cool like comic book store, uh, mm-hmm. and then of course we can't forget the Los Angeles Sock Market, which is a yes. store that only sells socks. Yes, purely dedicated store. to socks. <laughs> Sock shop. And you you walk in there just because you're like, well, surely this store doesn't just sell socks. Oh, they pretty much do. <laughs> And then you've also got hotels in each of these resort areas. Uh, over at Disney, you've got a fairly standard collection. Like it's, you've got your low tier, your mid tier, and then your high tier. But yeah. they're all tiers being within Disney. five star hotels. Yeah. <laughs> That's your Disney tiers. 
Uh, but they're all pretty much deluxe Disney hotels. You're looking yeah. at, you know, $400 a night plus maybe a little cheaper at Paradise Pier. So the mm. three are the Disneyland Hotel, the original. This is the only one I've stayed at. The Grand Californian and Paradise Pier. If I could stay at any of them, a Grand Californian Parkview room, of course, is the oh, correct choice here. Uh, but from our room at the Disneyland Hotel, we could see Galaxy's Edge. So tick from nice. us. I've actually never stayed at any of the hotels in Universal City. Have you? There's two no, of them. So there's only two and they're not Universal Hotels. They just exist with, they're like good neighbor hotels. They just exist within the area. So there's a Hilton Universal City and the Sheraton Universal City. They have like a partnership, but they're not run by Disney. They're run by uh, those. Okay. Uh, sorry, Universal. Universal. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they're run by those two major hotel operators. It's a hard one. Because I'm going to say that, like, CityWalk wins this one for me. I would say the hotels and Disney beat Universal's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's, a a tie, I guess, which gives them 0.5 points each, which gives Disney three and Universal 1.5. But the real winner here is anyone who goes to California, because I find both of these parks are great. (laughs) The real winner is friendship. (laughs) Yay. Disneyland, four or five days. Awesome four or five days. Spend spend 10 days at Disney, like the area. Go to Knott's Berry Farm. Go do a day at Universal Studios. Go do a day at Six Flags Magic Mountain if you want to do a full-on theme park trip. But there's plenty else to do around the Southern California area. Don't just go to Disneyland for 10 days. You can't just do Disneyland for 10 days. <laughs> you, if I can't you do it, tried. you can't do it. <laughs> but I think that does it. That's for it. this week's episode of yeah. Review Times Theme Congratulations Podcast. Congratulations to Disney. Yeah, congrats to Disney. Next time we'll do the next one, which will either be Orlando or Japan. If you like this episode, that is, let us know. Let us know your ideas for episodes. We're not going to do it next week. We'll, I think we'll do it and maybe an attraction. We haven't done one of those in a while. Ooh. Don't know what it will be. It's good luck to you. It's to my figure choice. That out. <laughs> also, make sure you check out our brand new store, Amusement Trading Co. You can find us at amusementtrading.co for all of your review time and specialist theme park merch. I've heard there's a special little DCA collection coming soon. So keep your eyes open for that. We're celebrating the 20th anniversary of DCA. That will do it. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can find me on Twitter at ReviewTimeLuke. I'm at ReviewTimeDom. You can get us both at TimeReview or at ReviewTime anywhere else. Get in touch with us on email, Luke or Dom at ReviewTime.com. Send us those ideas. We will use them in the future, we promise. Is that it? Any final That's words? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you can go to California right now. You can go to Disneyland. The winner. What attraction are you going to jump on? Space Mountain. You're a fool. I'm going on Rise <laughs> of the Resistance. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Review Time's theme park cast is brought to you by Luke Carroll and Dominic Lacey. A big shout out goes to our newest patron, definitely Maybelline. Long-term Patreon, Janine Kerr, and to you, the listener. Review Time's theme park cast will be back next week.